0: chapter thirty six of marguerite de balois by Alexandre dumas this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by john van stan savannah georgia chapter thirty six the anagram the rue Gagnier sur runs into the rue jaufry lasnier and the rue des barres lies at right angles to the former on the right a short distance down the rue de la mortellerie stands a small house in the center of a garden surrounded by a high wall which has but one entrance charles drew a key from his pocket and inserted it into the lock the gate was unbolted and immediately opened telling henry and the lackey bearing the torch to enter the king closed and locked the gate behind him light came from one small window which charles smilingly pointed out to henry sire i do not understand said the latter but you will henriot the king of the father looked at charles in amazement his voice and his face had assumed an expression of gentleness so different from usual that Henry scarcely recognized him. Henriot said the king, I told you that when I left the Louvre I came out of hell. When I enter here I am in paradise. Sire, said Henry, I am happy that your majesty has thought me worthy of taking this trip to heaven with you. The road thither is a narrow one, said the king, turning to a small stairway, but nothing can be compared to it who is the angel who guards the entrance to your Eden sire mm, you shall see replied charles the ninth signing to henry to follow him noiselessly he opened first one door then another and finally paused on a threshold look said he henry approached and gazed on one of the most beautiful pictures he had ever seen a young woman of eighteen or nineteen lay sleeping her head resting on the foot of a little bed in which a child was asleep the woman held its little feet close to her lips, while her long hair fell over her shoulders like a flood of gold. It was like one of Albane's pictures of the virgin and the child Jesus. "'Oh, sire,' said the king of the Nevada, "'who is this lovely creature?' "'The angel of my paradise, Henriot, the only one who loves me.' Henry smiled. "'Yes,' said Charles, "'for she loved me before she knew I was king.' "'And since has she known it?' "'Well, since she has known it,' said Charles, with a smile which showed that royalty sometimes weighed heavily on him. "'Since she has known it, she loves me still, so you may judge.' The king approached the woman softly and pressed a kiss as light as that which a bee gives to a lily on her rosy cheek. Yet light as it was, she awakened at once. "'Charles!' she murmured, opening her eyes. You see, said the king, she calls me Charles. The queen says, sire. Oh, cried the young woman, you are not alone, my king. No, my sweet Marie, I wanted to bring you another king, happier than myself, because he has no crown, more unhappy than I, because he has no Marie Touche. God makes compensation for everything. Sire, is it the king of Navarre?" asked Marie. Yes, my child come here henriot the king of navarre drew near charles took him by the hand see this hand marie said he it is the hand of a good brother and a loyal friend were it not for this hand well sire well had it not been for this hand today marie our child would have no father marie uttered a cry fell on her knees and seizing henry's hand covered it with kisses very good marie very good said charles what have you done to thank him sire i have done for him what he did for me henry looked at charles in astonishment some day you will know what i mean henriot meanwhile come here and see he approached the bed on which the child still slept ah said he if this little fellow were in the louvre instead of here in this little house in the rue de barre many things would be changed for the present as well as the future perhaps Sire, said Marie, if your majesty is willing, I prefer him to stay here. He sleeps better. Let us not disturb his slumber, then, said the king. It is so sweet to sleep when one does not dream. Well, sire, said Marie, pointing to a door opening out of the room. Yes, you are right, Marie, said Charles IX. Let us have supper. My well-beloved Charles, said Marie, you will ask the king your brother to excuse me will you not why for having dismissed our servants sire continued marie turning to the king of navarre you must know that charles wants to be served by me alone ventre saint gris said Henry. i should think so both men entered the dining-room the mother anxious and careful laid a warm blanket over the little charles who thanks to the sound sleep of childhood so envied by his father had not wakened marie joined them there are only two covers said the king permit me said marie to serve your majesties now said charles this is where you cause me trouble henriot how so sire did you not hear forgive me charles forgive me yes i will forgive you but sit here near me between us i will obey said marie she brought a plate sat down between the two kings and served them is it not good henriot said charles to have one place in the world in which one can eat and drink without needing anyone to taste the meats and wines beforehand sire said henry smiling and by the smile replying to the constant fear in his own mind believe me i appreciate your happiness more than any one. and tell her henriot that in order for us to live happily she must not mingle in politics. Above all, she must not become acquainted with my mother. Queen Catherine loves your majesty so passionately that she would be jealous of any other love, replied Henry, finding by a subterfuge the means of avoiding the dangerous confidence of the king. Marie, said the latter, I have brought you one of the finest and the wittiest men I know. At court, you see, and this is saying a great deal, he puts everyone in the shade. I alone have clearly understood, not his heart, perhaps, but his mind. Sire, said Henry, I am sorry that in exaggerating the one as you do, you mistrust the other. I exaggerate nothing, Henriot, said the king. Besides, you will be known some day. Then turning to the young woman, he makes delightful anagrams. Ask him to make one of your name. I will answer that he will do it." Oh what could you expect to find in the name of a poor girl like me what gentle thought could there be in the letters with which chance spelled marie touchet oh the anagram from this name sire said henry is so easy that there is no great merit in finding it ah ah it is already found said charles you see marie henry drew his tablets from the pocket of his doublet tore out a paper and below the name marie touchet wrote je charme tout then he handed the paper to the young woman truly she cried it is impossible what has he found asked charles sire i dare not repeat it sire said henry in the name mary touchet there is letter for letter by changing the i into a j as is often done je charme tout i charm all yes exclaimed charles letter for letter I want this to be your motto, Marie, do you hear? Never was one better deserved. Thanks, Henriot. Marie, I will give it to you written in diamonds. The supper over, two o'clock struck from Notre Dame. Now, said Charles, in return for this compliment, Marie, you will give the king an armchair in which he can sleep until daybreak. But let it be some distance from us because he snores frightfully. Then, if you waken before I do you will rouse me for at six o'clock we have to be at the bastille good night henriot make yourself as comfortable as possible but he added approaching the king of navarre and laying his hand on his shoulder for your life henry do you hear for your life do not leave here without me especially to return to the louvre henry had suspected too many things in what still remained unexplained to him to disobey such advice Charles IX entered his room, and Henry, the sturdy mountaineer, settled himself in an armchair, in which he soon justified the precaution taken by his brother-in-law in keeping at a distance. At dawn he was awakened by Charles. As he had not undressed, it did not take him long to finish his toilet. The king was more happy and smiling than ever was at the Louvre. The hours spent by him in that little house in the Rue de Barre were his hours of sunshine. Both men went out through the sleeping room. The young woman was still in bed. The child was asleep in its cradle. Both were smiling. Charles looked at them for a moment with infinite tenderness, then turning to the king of Nevada. Henriot said he, if you ever hear what I did for you last night, or if misfortune come to me, remember this child asleep in its cradle. Then kissing both mother and child on the forehead, without giving Henry time to question him, good-bye my angels said he and went out henry followed deep in thought the horses were waiting for them at the bastille held by the gentleman to whom charles and i had given the order charles signed to henry to mount sprang into his own saddle and riding through the garden of Arbaite, followed the outside highways where are we going asked henry <laughs> we are going to see if the duc d'anjou returned for madame de conde alone replied charles and if there is as much ambition as love in his heart which i greatly doubt henry did not understand the answer but followed charles in silence they reached the marais and as from the shadow of the palisades they could see all which at that time was called the faubourg saint laurent charles pointed out to henry through the grayish mist of the morning some men wrapped in great cloaks and wearing fur caps they were on horseback and rode ahead of a wagon which was heavily laden as they drew near they became outlined more clearly and one could see another man in a long brown cloak his face hidden by a french hat riding and talking with them aha said charles smiling i thought so well sire said henry if i am not mistaken that rider in the brown cloak is the duc d'anjou yes said charles i turn out a little henriot i do not want him to see us but, asked Henry, who are the men in grey cloaks with fur caps? Those men, said Charles, are Polish ambassadors, and in that wagon is a crown. And now, said he, urging his horse to a gallop, and running into the road of the Porte de Temple, come, Henriot, I have seen all that I wanted to see. End of chapter 36 Recording by John Vanstan, Savannah, Georgia